Hey guys, it's Kelly, and I want to welcome you back to the Unbroken Podcast. Oh, there has been a lot going on in my life, and I've been working extremely hard with my therapist and trying to undo a lot of things. My past is popping up on social media, which is very strange to me. It's almost like out of nowhere and in places that don't exactly make sense, but there, there's just pictures of places that I was trafficked at. And I mean, I've seen pictures of them recently, but these pictures were pictures of them back when I was being trafficked. So it kind of, it sent me in a little bit of a spin and trying to come down from it right now. But I just had so much else going on in my personal life that it was like the camel that broke the, no, that's not right. The straw that broke the camel's back. I, I don't know. I think that's how it is. But I realized that there is a lot about my past that I don't remember still. And a lot that maybe I never will. Maybe there are things that I'm not meant to remember. Maybe there are things that'll come up in years, like have been coming up over years. But I went through a really fucked up situation. And I never felt comfortable talking about it. And if I'm going to be completely honest, I still don't feel comfortable talking about it. But I ended up in a crowd of some pretty bad people that had some pretty bad intentions. And when I walked away, I ended up getting thrown under the bus with a bunch of lies and a bunch of rumors said about me. One of my friends had told me what was being said and said that I needed to go public and clear my name. And I said to this friend that anybody that's going to believe these lies, there is nothing I can say that's going to change their mind. And giving them any amount of of energy or attention was only going to make matters worse. And I just wasn't interested in it. And I just wanted a free slate. I wanted to walk away from these people. I didn't like these people. I never did. I don't know how I ended up getting involved as deeply as I did, but I'm happy I got away because a lot of people's lives were put into danger because of doxing and because of the stalking and the people that they had to have gotten in contact with to get the information that they got. It wasn't information that is public. It's not like it was an address or a phone number or something to that effect. And honestly, it terrified me that somebody could find this information out because I looked as much as I could to find it on the internet and I couldn't find it anywhere. 
which the only explanation is that they were in contact with my traffickers. So I've had police protection for a while now, um, at least five months. And honestly, that's why I haven't been posting a lot. I didn't really fully realize it. And um, it's not the first time, and I'm sure it won't be the last time that I'm vulnerable to this kind of stuff. But survivors that are speaking out, we want to help as much as we can. We want to educate without spreading fear, without doing a lot of things. And unfortunately, that makes us very vulnerable to predators and bad actors, people that just don't really have good intentions. And it breaks my heart so much because when I started sharing on TikTok and now here on the Unbroken podcast, I, I did it because I wanted to make a change. And I thought, well, I guess I should say I prepared myself for backlash from my traffickers but I did not prepare myself for other traffickers or cult members, cult leaders, and just bad people to come after me. And when I found myself in this situation and finally was able to exit myself is when I really fully saw what was going on and what had been going on but I did not fully understand exactly how traumatized I was by all of it and I mean I'm talking about large chunks of time that I don't remember in the past year while I was dealing with this said group of people I don't remember conversations I behaved in ways that I never would behave and I'm not blaming them but it, I think it was just everything at once I defended people that I would never defend I defended things that people were doing that I would never defend and I just like I don't even know like it just came over me one day and I was just like, this is a fucking cult. This is a cult that I have been wrapped up in for many, many months. And it has heavily been affecting my life and my mental health. This wasn't what a normal cult looks like. It was one that was strictly online. And I think that's what was hard to kind of see the red flags about. And I'm happy that I got away. But I'm still not fully away because they keep creeping back and creeping back. And something always happens where people try to drag me back in. And 
it has taken a lot of strength to stay away. And it kind of reminds me of when I first escaped from the trafficking with my parents and with the man that kidnapped me. Um, especially the man that kidnapped me. After I had gotten away from him and gotten back home, he came back and tried to take me multiple times. It was months that he was trying to do it, telling me that he owned me, that I had no choice, whatever he had to say. And there were times where I just wanted peace in my life. And I thought about going back just to get him to leave me alone. I didn't see any way out. And I didn't have anything. I went from not being homeless to being homeless again. Um, it's... It was almost like I was being punished because I left. And it was like that when I left my parents. I, I mean, I had to give up my car. I had to give up shoes that I love. I had to give up so much stuff. Makeup, hair, shampoo, conditioner. And that was what really inspired me to open the After the Last Sale Foundation so I could provide those kinds of things to survivors so they won't go back because a lot of them do. And I know it's confusing and it sounds confusing even to me as I'm sitting here and talking about it. Like someone would rather be trafficked than lose a pair of shoes. But see, it's not just that. I know... A victim that the moment she was rescued and taken to a shelter she had nothing on but a t-shirt nothing under it no pants and was just thrown to the shelter it's not like we just give up or care more about materialistic things we give up our entire lives and we start from scratch and in a lot of cases, the people and that are surviving were trafficked by their own parents. It's all they knew. So they were being thrown from the trafficking world into the real world that they didn't even know how to live in. And it is easy to go back because when it's something you have always known and has always been your normal it's so hard to realize that it's not like when I walked out of the Sound of Freedom movie I said to my husband that little boy's nickname was Teddy Bear I had a nickname and so did every female in my family we all had nicknames and they all followed a theme. And I'm not going to say what the nicknames are. Because if it is something nefarious, I don't want to repeat it. But I'm 40. Been gone 14 years in a month and a half. And the nicknames never seemed not normal to me. But when 
I watched the movie and they, the kid corrected them that, you know, that this is what I'm called. I was like, I did that. And I remember during Ghislaine Maxwell's trial, there were a lot of things that came up. And I was like, I did that. And when I hear other people's stories, I did that. And realizing how much things that are so mundane that were not normal, it's not easy because it's easy to, I don't want to say it's like easier to cope with that the trafficking wasn't normal. Um, it's easier to admit it and to understand it. But little mundane things like a haircut or a nickname not being normal, how, how, how? How do you deal with that? How do you cope with that? Because those are normal things to other people. Um, I mean, I've got nicknames for my kids. I've got nickname for my husband. It's normal when I do it. But if these nicknames actually were used in advertising sales, how do you do that? How... Do you wrap your mind around that as having been called that nickname 26 years of your life and it's something that's in your kitchen cabinet that you use almost every day? It's like if it wasn't used for advertising, it definitely was something that was used that would haunt me the rest of my life because every time I pull it out of my cabinet, And every time I use it, I always think about it being my nickname, being what he called me. And it's kind of like, you know, my husband calls me babe. If he calls me Kelly, it feels fucking weird. (laughs) And I'm like, what did you just call me? You know, it's, it's that. That's what it was. This nickname is all I was allowed to be called when I was a child. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it was just a nickname, but that movie just made me think about it. And I was appreciative of that. However, I hate that movie. And I know I said in my previous episode that I wish people would go see it. I retract that statement and I wish that people would not go see it. Everything that has come out after the fact, all the attacks and so many different other things, I just hate this movie. It's like there are conspiracy theorists that think this movie somehow validates a lot of things that they have been spreading and rumors that they have been spreading. Um... God forbid the media actually write a news article that's factual about it. And not to mention the interviews that the lead actor and the character he plays are doing. I'm not saying their names because I hate hearing them. But everything that's happened since that movie has premiered, it, but with them... 
is just things that some people do not see as not normal. I spent my life around these sick individuals that wanted to purchase a person and do horrible things to that person. And a lot of times it was a child that they were purchasing. And the way these two men are talking is exactly like those people. They are doing things or said they have done things um, that just are not normal. It is not normal to watch child sexual assault material to prepare for a part you are playing in a movie. That is not normal. Nobody should have access to that. And anyone that he has said that to that has not immediately followed up with, where the fuck did you get that? What makes you think that was okay? Or calls and reports into the police is a disgusting person. And if they say they care about ending child trafficking and they're not doing that, they don't. And openly admitting that when you are working in a child crimes unit and watching this material and imagining your children's faces on the victims, that is not the abstract thing that people say, imagine if it was your kid. That is something deeply disturbing and again no follow-up questions and now these two are like the spokespeople of trafficking and that's in air quotes I'm doing it here in my office but you've got two bad apples and you've got two guys that are the wrong guys to be talking about this topic and a lot of people are going with it and this isn't the only time it started with Epstein. I saw a video with Kathy Griffin on TikTok responding to a comment where somebody said something about Epstein Island. There's no proof that she was there. As far as I know, I can't find a single victim that has confirmed that she was there. Now, I'm not saying if she was there or not. I'm saying there is no proof of it. But it's being used as a weapon for people to use against celebrities that they disagree with. And now they're doing it with the sound of freedom. And nobody thinks about what that does to survivors. And I know I don't speak for every survivor, and I'm definitely not pretending to, but... It's not a, a toy that you can throw at your enemy to make it feel like you got a gotcha moment. It's not a flex. It's, it's none of these things. Sex trafficking is horrendous and a horrific crime that should not exist. But people are exploiting it for clout. They're exploiting it for their own personal gain. All these grassroots foundations and nonprofits are popping up that aren't even doing anything. 
and a lot of them don't even have 501c3 status when they claim to, which is fraud. And it's creating this quote-unquote movement. And you want to know who's getting left behind in this movement? The victims and the survivors. I talk about it a lot that truthful awareness is way more important than anything else and when it comes to sex trafficking there's no such thing as any awareness is good awareness and I remember having a talk with a friend of mine and um I can't remember the entire part of the circumstance like I said with everything that happened with that group of people my memories are very shaky but I had said like with my foundation I will never let go of my morals if somebody oh I remember I there is a grant that comes out from the Bill Gates Foundation um again someone that is speculated to have involvement with Jeffrey Epstein and the trafficking I I don't know if there's any actual concrete proof um but I don't want to apply for this grant because I will never give I will never give up my morals for money to help someone. It's like I don't care how much money is made from this movie. I will never use this movie as a way to reach people. I won't use Epstein Island. I won't use any of that because at the end of the day, it's exploiting victims, exploiting survivors, and exploited people that have already been exploited enough. They don't need to be exploited anymore. It's happened to me over and over again. I was on the board of a, found, of, um, a foundation of a friend of mine we were planning a rally and she just stole everything out from under my feet. Um, I've had people steal parts of my story and use them as their own. I've had parts of my story used as weapons against me. Um, people telling me that if I don't name names, then it's my fault if another child gets hurt. God, it just the list goes on and on and on. And I just, I wish people saw it that way. I and mean, I don't think very many people do. I think a lot of people talk about trafficking because it's just a trendy topic right now. There's always a different rumor that goes out that is the quote-unquote newest trafficking tactic. But nobody talks about the truth about it. I put on my Instagram and it's a story that I've been following pretty closely it was in Nebraska and a 26 year old man went into a high school two separate high schools last year um like last school year and posed as a 17 year old so probably a senior and 54 days he attended two different schools what the media is burying at the bottom of the articles is 
that he had been trafficking students, ages 13 and 14, freshmen. He enrolled with the intent to get access to children so he could traffic them and assault them. And I brought it up to my therapist and he had said that he had heard about it and didn't even know any it had anything to do with trafficking. I had brought it up to friends and they said they had heard about it and they were talking about different places where women have done that and men have posed as adults and attended high school. But nobody, nobody knew that it was trafficking because it was buried so deep at the bottom of the article. Why? Why? They had a school board meeting recently and they were inviting the parents to come in. Nobody showed up. And I can't help but wonder if this school, particular board of education, school board, whatever, had even told the parents about his charges. The only reason that I found this case is because I have a Google alert set up. So, and it's just for news about sex trafficking. And the more I looked into this and the more I went to the local news and nobody knew. They didn't know that that's what he was doing in that school. And I have a daughter that's about to be a senior. Um, I homeschool my son, so I couldn't really talk to him about it. But she had said that on average she talks about or comes in contact with about 20 adults at the school, whether it's the school nurse, principal, teacher, teacher's aide, hall monitor, security, nobody that's a bad apple or suspicious, just adults that are supposed to be there that she's supposed to have contact with, 20 a day. If he was there for two months, 54 days, 20 a day for 54 days and not a single adult noticed. And I actually had just found an article the other day that he graduated from one of those schools. How did no one notice? How did no one notice the signs? How did, and I mean, I'm not blaming parents, but how do parents not know? Why didn't they show up? And the only thing I can think of is that they had no idea about the trafficking. Maybe the victims that were in the indictment did, and they did not want to go, which I totally understand. You want to know what the solution was that the superintendent put out? Number one, they're going to look into their enrollment process because he used very convincing forged documents and children are no longer going to be allowed to have school or um, cell phones on school property. Um, they have to be powered down during school hours. <laughs> so the kids are punished. The kids didn't do anything wrong. The kids are the victims here and we're punishing them. Well, not we, but they are. They're punishing them. They're not 
focusing on what the problem I reached out to the local anti-trafficking organization in that area and asked if they were going into the school to educate the kids, offered to help in any way. Um, I could do a Zoom, I could do a recording, um, anything, and they were denied to go into the school. They had been trying to get into the schools to teach this to the kids, and they won't let them in. We're not educating our kids enough these monsters are out there and we can't shield them from the monsters but what we can do is give them the tools on what to do when these monsters come about there was a man from my daughter's school my oldest a few years ago that made some pretty grooming like comments on a social media platform. I had him fired within 18 hours and barred from ever working at a school, daycare, or any place that had a lot of children. Within 18 hours, I had that done. Any other person that saw that post probably didn't think anything of it. Um, probably didn't think to call the school. And when the school didn't do anything and the police victim blamed like they tend to do a lot of the time, um, yeah, I got in touch with the superintendent and he was gone. Um, we need to be vigilant without hovering our kids and we have to teach them about these predators because these predators are closer to them than anyone wants to admit. They're parents, they're cousins, uncles, brothers, step-parents, coaches, teachers in the case in nebraska a student posing as a child but it can also be other students that are in fact children and supposed to be in the high school this is where it's happening so why aren't we talking about it more why is it on a boat in the suez canal on an island in the caribbean or the many, many other things that people have come up with and continuously spread these rumors. And we're learning that social media platforms have what they call hot buttons and an employee can hit a hot button on something and cause that post or that video or whatever to go viral. And it's happening to the rumors, but the survivors that are speaking, that are telling the truth, are not getting that same push. The anti-trafficking organizations are not getting that same push. And it's getting to a point where people are actually attacking anti-trafficking groups that are working day and night to put an end to trafficking and to try to put a dent in it. And then you've got the grassroots ones that are just popular TikTok creators and nothing more, nothing less. They're not doing anything. They're taking donations. They're going on these trips and claiming to go be searching for missing children that are in the trafficking world when reality is 
a good majority, close to 80%, are not reported missing because they're being trafficked by someone they know and they're going home at night. So what are they really doing? There was a rally a couple of years ago by a foundation that was demanding the Epstein client list and it was so successful, they don't got that client list. Client list doesn't exist. How is that a successful rally? And these are so, it is such a problem because there are people that don't have the platform to be able to talk about this. I mean, I've gone through quite a few TikTok accounts and I've always been in the 50,000s. It's not huge. I don't like it being huge, actually. I prefer smaller accounts. But um, how many survivors don't have that? How many don't have the ability to talk about it? I don't share a lot of details because I can't. I can't say it out loud. I don't want to hear it because then it just becomes more real. I don't want to talk about the normal things in my life when I went to school and things like that a lot because it's so painful to talk about school because like my daughter and like those poor girls that were trafficked by that man, there were so many people that saw signs and did nothing, nothing. They knew something was happening and they did nothing to help me. It is painful to go there. And I read the speech I gave in 2019 um, at a local anti-trafficking event um, where I shared my story publicly for the first time. And at the end, I said that there were 21 people that I can remember telling trusted adults, CPS workers, police officers, uh, my principal. And not all of it was telling them about the trafficking. Oh, some of it was just the physical, mental, and emotional and sexual abuse that I went through with my parents. And no one did anything. Nobody did. They knew and they did nothing. And I can't even put words to how that feels. And that is one of the things that I think I've been struggling with is realizing I did not have to be trafficked for 26 years. I did not have to be abused by my parents for 26 years. I did not have to go through any of that. People could have put an end to it. And I think it happened in the way that it needed to happen, but it doesn't take that pain away. And it doesn't take the thought of it could have ended sooner away. And what would my life have been like if it had ended sooner? There's just so many things that I've been struggling with and 
having to struggle with all of this while people are taking advantage of my trauma, using it as a weapon against me, and using my kindness and my desire, my heart to help people and educate people against me. I just, I didn't know what to do. And I felt violated in a way I'd never felt violated before. I haven't said that out loud yet. I haven't said that even to my husband. <sighs> Being a survivor sucks. It really sucks. And there have been days where sometimes I just wish I didn't survive. I have survivor's guilt, and that's what my therapist says that stems from. And I'm not saying I have plans to do anything. I definitely do not. I love my life. But is it worth it? Sharing my story, making myself vulnerable. Because I hear it a lot when I say that people ask inappropriate questions or push me to talk about things that I don't want to talk about. You open yourself up by speaking publicly. That is like saying, it's my fault I got trafficked. Or because I got trafficked, I no longer have choices. Or actually my choice is if I speak up, I have to tell all and fulfill every single person's curiosity, whether I want to or not. I don't have control over anything or I just shut up and don't share. It's an ultimatum. It's not a choice at the end of the day. And I don't share details that I have not learned to cope with. Um, but I also don't share details because I don't know who the fuck is listening. I don't want to give instructions on how to traffic someone, on how to keep it a secret, on how to keep them under your control. So if I share details about those things that happened to me and how they kept me under control, how they took me to sales, how they arranged sales, how they found buyers, if I give that information out, I'm basically giving a how-to guide on how to sex traffic someone, and I won't do that. Most people respect that. Most people. And of course, some people just don't get it. But at the end of the day, I know who I am. And in previous episodes, I had said I was trying to find my place in this big world and I didn't know where to go. And I think it's because I just got to that point where... I hit the end of a chapter and I just wasn't ready to open up the next one. And I feel like I'm moving past this. I'm working on the trauma of the group that I got involved with. Maybe one day I'll want to talk more details about that. I'm working on memories that are popping up, pictures from my past that are popping up. 
um, I saw the office at the mall that I was trafficked in um, recently, and that just threw me. It really did. I never thought I'd see that room again. And it's like, it's like a bad accident where you just can't look away. It's the most horrible thing in the world, but you can't look away. Um, but I'm getting better, and I'm hoping that I'll be able to get behind this microphone more often because I miss it every day when I don't want to get out of bed or don't want to sit down and record. It is exhausting. <laughs> um, and it puts a toll on me. I know some people have said, like, I make it sound like it's so easy to share, and it's really not. A lot of times when I'm done recording, I just go into my room and cry, and I can't sleep. I have nightmares. Um, I didn't even know how bad they were until my husband said that I've been screaming out phrases like stop it leave me alone and things like that at first he had thought I was yelling at the dog but the dog was with him so um <sighs> it never ends it truly doesn't and it's not a sign of weakness any survivor that's listening of any kind of trauma because they're all one and the same at the end of the day um it's not a sign of weakness and because you're having flashbacks and nightmares doesn't mean you're pat or trapped in your past your past is trapping you in your present it's creeping up and it's trapping you because it's happening in present time so don't ever feel like it makes you weak. And if you have a loved one or a friend or see someone on social media talking about it, don't tell them that they need to move on and get over their past. Understand that they are trying. Their past won't let go. I'm going to leave it there for tonight. I'm hoping that I will be able to get to record more often, um, but it is summertime and my MS flares up and I've been having some medical problems too, so I will try my best, but as always, I want to thank everyone for the continued love and support. I wouldn't be here without it, and... The ones that have been there from the beginning that are still there, I love you guys so much. And to the people that are not satisfied with the, how much I share or the things that I talk about, maybe one day I'll fulfill your curiosity, but give me time. I earned that. <laughs> I went through that trauma and I've earned the right to tell my story how, when, where, and just how much of my story. And that's true for everyone else about everything. So I hope everyone has a good week. 
And I don't know. I feel like I want to say more, but I really don't. <laughs> I'm exhausted. But I hope y'all have an amazing night, and I will talk with y'all soon. Have a good one.